Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. For those of us who see what we said we were going to talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Which is one of us today. <laughs> I'm sorry. So before we get to our topic, which is different from what we told you it was, <laughs> let's talk about what we've been watching. Nick? Last week you had me thinking about the reconnaissance. Oh. The reconnaissance. The reconnaissance. Is it a thing? Is it fading? It's a thing. What started it? So yesterday I watched Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. Oh. Because I started thinking about it and I thought about what makes him good or what people think makes him good. He's good in this movie. In Dallas Buyers yeah. Club. Jared Leto's better. He is. He's a lot better. And that kind of got me thinking because Matthew McConaughey won the Oscar mm. for Dallas Buyers Club. So did Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. But did Matthew McConaughey win, and this goes for other actors too, because he transformed himself, just lost like a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. And because his character is still Matthew McConaughey. Because it was a physical transformation? Yeah. It's like, oh, I really committed and I ate lettuce for three months and that's why I look like this. And the makeup artist did such a good job. How much of that went into him winning the Oscar other than his performance? Because he's still a guy from Texas. The whole mm-hmm. time he's... Yeah. There's just an Iron Lady situation. Yeah, my husband died, <laughs> and now he talks to me in my house. Meg, I will cut you. <laughs> so he's pretty good in Bernie. Oh, oh I forgot. He's in he's Bernie. He's pretty good in he's, he's himself. Yeah, he's another Texas guy. But, like, but the, he's good in it. I actually liked when he was on yeah. screen. I thought that he did that character okay. really well. Okay. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Can an actor be themselves on screen and it still be a good performance? Sure. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. The thing is, I don't typically like who Matthew McConaughey is. So usually when he's himself on screen, I'm like, get him off screen, also put clothes on him. Because I had to see his butt a lot from that crap movie you made us watch. (laughs) Yes. That was too much Matthew McConaughey butt. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Food for thought. (laughs) Next thing I've been watching is the David Letterman show, My Guest Needs No Introduction. Okay. Watch the Kanye West interview. Watch the Ellen DeGeneres interview. Kanye West... He's a loony. Yeah. Was he loony in the interview? Everybody knows. You know what? I actually thought he had some really well-spoken responses. And I really appreciate the way that he talks about his family. And he's pretty open about his his mental health struggles. It could have been a front. It really could have been. His publicist probably told him, like, say, hey, say this and this. Mm -hmm. But I was a little bit sold on it. Yeah. Interesting. And I like the way that David Letterman structures all of his interviews. There's no fluff or anything that comes with Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I don't think it's so much meant to be entertainment rather than... Because he like, doesn't have to fill a show, right? right. It's however long he needs it to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How was the Ellen DeGeneres interview? It was good. Have you guys seen her stand-up? Did yeah. you watch it? Yeah. I liked that too because cause when I think of Ellen, I think of her set and I think of everything's like bright and like mm-hmm. so happy and fun. And she talked about stuff that necessarily wasn't mm-hmm. that fun for her and some of the struggles that she had growing up. I think he does a really good job of getting people comfortable talking about the things that they don't normally talk about. His Tina Fey interview is really good. I haven't watched that one. You should watch that one. Tina Fey is very, she's just fascinating to watch, I think, all the time. I had a dream last night that Tina Fey and I were writing a movie called Diet Oil together. (laughs) That tracked. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. she addresses um, some of the sexist issues within their industry and kind of calls him out, I think, in a very professional way on a few of the things that he had done over his career okay. to like help feed it. Hmm. It's a really good interview. Hmm. Huh, I want to watch I'm that. I'm going to try that mm-hmm. one. 
And the last thing that I kind of wanted to bring up, the Lonely Island, Andy Samberg's group, oh my gosh. released... Did you watch the Bash Brothers? The ultimate Bash Brothers experience. It's a 30-minute long music video. What? It's a parody of, of... Beyonce's Lemonade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> About Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire on the Oakland days back in the 80s. It's so specific. Hmm. Yeah. It is so specific. So it's Andy Samberg. So it is what it is. What I respect about this is that him and his buddies have been doing this for a decade. And they're still getting people to just throw money at them. Yeah, make whatever you want. And what other network would pick that up? You watched it, right? I watched Yeah. Other than Netflix. Like, is there another network that could pick that up? No. Right. Just threw money at it. It's insane. Hmm. It's nuts. I recommend watching it with... <laughs> The closed captioning on because their songs are so fast that you're not catching all the words. <laughs> really? Okay. But Hannah Simone and Jenny Slate, who play like the annoyed office workers in Oakland, are Night. so funny. I love Jenny Slate so much. <laughs> I, if you're in for 30 minutes of funny nonsense, give it a shot. I'm going to go next because speaking of Lonely Island, last night we rented on Amazon Never Popstar, Never Stop, <laughs> Never Stopping. Okay. Where Andy Samberg plays... Connor for real. Essentially Justin Bieber. And The Lonely Island, the other two members of The Lonely Island are like his neglected band members. Uh-huh. It's pretty funny. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. It was funny. It's like a yeah. Judd Apatow, Lauren Michaels movie, okay. but it's smarter than a lot of those movies. What do you guys think is the best Lauren Michaels movie? Ooh. Mm, oh, it's got to be Mean, mean Girls, Girls, right? Mean Girls, for sure. Right? Did he also do Bridesmaids? I think that he was, must have been a producer. I think he it. was involved in that he must too. Have been. I think he gets a producer credit anytime anyone from SNL makes a movie. Mm. All right. I saw Booksmart because we were supposed to see Booksmart. Yeah. So A plus for me. You know why I couldn't go see it oh, though? You would. No, 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 no. It's actually kind of your fault. Oh my gosh. Um, I was trying to work it out and make Skyler go with me, but he said you texted him and said that the language was terrible and it stressed him out and he didn't want to go. He came over and I told him or that. whatever it was. Yeah. You informed him. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go by myself while you stay home on the Saturday night. I do that all the time. Well, I don't. Oh, you're not married yet. Once you get married, that'll be a regular occurrence. Uh, it's super funny. Okay. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely in the same vein as Can't Hardly Wait. It's more modern. It's very shockingly kind and accepting toward all of its characters. Okay. I feel like a lot of high school movies are like, here are the jocks, here are the bullies, here are the nerds. Mm -hmm. And this is like, everyone knows each other and it's kind of friends, but they're like closer friends. Mm. But it's a community and there are gay kids and there are the athletes, but everyone's just kind of part of the same class. And mm. just a really funny, smart movie. And my girl Lisa's in it, right? Lisa's in it. Jason Sudeikis is in it mm -hmm. as the principal of the high school. Is and he is, pretty good? He's very funny. The two leads are very funny. Everyone in this movie in the periphery is very funny. Okay. It is a raunchy teen movie. The soundtrack is so funny. I've been listening to it nonstop. I think that anytime you use hip hop in a movie about uptight white girls, <laughs> it just really plays. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I know it's been used a lot, but right. I, I think it's still funny. Always Be My Maybe. The movie with Randall Park and Ali Wong on Netflix. Mm. I liked it. It's getting a lot of enthusiastic praise. Yeah. And it had some flaws. The story didn't always 
stay true to how I think their characters would have acted, but it was overall enjoyable hmm. romantic comedy. Okay. Keanu Reeves is in it and is really funny. I've That's seen, the funniest part. I've seen the clip. Is, is he only in one scene? He's in a few scenes in the middle of the movie. I saw a clip this morning, like somebody tweeted out a clip that was really funny of him coming in and everyone... Yeah, they're like at a restaurant or something, yeah. and he's very takes himself very seriously. Yes. It was pretty funny, and I like when actors can do that. You know, they can yeah. make fun of themselves when they're playing themselves in a movie. And then there is on Netflix a show called The Characters, which profiles, I believe, six different comedians and gives them each an episode. Oh, I watched the episodes with John Early and Kate. Berlant, two of my favorite comedians. I recommend both of those episodes. Those two are actually a comedy duo. Mm-hmm. Um, they do lots of things together. John Early is in Search Party as one of the main characters, and Kate Berlant is a supporting character who kind of comes in and out. They're both on different podcasts, do a lot of voice work. Their episodes are two of the funniest things I've ever seen. Is it a documentary or what? It- no, it's like they give them... 30 minutes to just create whatever story they want. Oh. And like play all these different characters. Okay. And it's what's it called again? The characters. On Netflix. On Netflix. Okay. I didn't watch the other four because I wasn't as familiar with the names. One of them is Tim Robinson, who did I Think You Should Leave. And I had already mm-hmm. watched I Think You Should Leave. So I felt like I would be a lot of repetition. I'm happy that he's picking up some steam. He's be- funny. He didn't last on SNL. I so. think that SNL just isn't the place for some people. Yeah. Like Julia Louis Dreyfus. It just wasn't yeah, the it right just wasn't, fit. Yeah. I did she did SNL. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think oh. she was a writer and then a featured player for a season and oh, then wow. was fired. Their loss. Can you even believe that she would get fired from anything ever? Lauren, yeah. Lauren, Lauren. Mm-hmm. That's it for me. Eli, what have you been watching? I finally, finally, after all these years, watched When Harry Met Sally. And really? I had to watch it on DV freaking D because none of the platforms that I empty my bank account into every month carry when Harry met Sally. Amazon doesn't have well, it. Well, they do, but you have to purchase it. And it's like 18 bucks. And I was like, I'm not. Have you heard of that. Voodoo? Oh, is it on Voodoo? I do have Voodoo. Yeah. I have everything. Oh I have everything. You don't have to pay for Voodoo. Voodoo. Stream all your movies. <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by Voodoo, but if they want to send us money, they are welcome to. Anyway, my sister had it on DVD. So I went to her house and we watched it over the weekend. And what a lovely film. It is a lovely film. So, Meg, you tweeted out a very controversial tweet a month or two ago, poll, mm-hmm. asking whether... People consider this to be a Nora Ephron movie or a Rob Reiner film. Mm -hmm. And I don't what were the results of that? Nora Ephron. Is that what you think it is? Yeah, that's what I thought it was. But Steven considers it a Rob Reiner movie. Mm, Very interesting. What do you think it is? I didn't realize that either of them. I didn't know anything about the movie. Okay. And so now that I've watched it, like that was in my head. And I was like, I don't know, I guess both of them. So, but anyway, it's a great film. I 100% recommend it. And also I was really impressed with how well it has aged. Yeah. They mm. don't treat the women badly in it, which most movies of that era, like, yeah. kind of. But no, like, Meg Ryan's kind of this independent person. It was a lot of little things when they're driving across the country, and, like, Meg Ryan's like, I'll drive, and she drives the car. I mean, just like yeah. a lot of stupid little things it's like a that. Nora Ephron movie. Yeah. But you can tell that there was somebody who was considering that a little bit ahead of their time. One of the funniest things about it, though, to me was this movie came out in 1989, and You've Got Mail was only like eight years later. Yeah. You've Got Mail looks like it belongs like a whole century ahead of yeah. mm-hmm. when Harry met Sally. Like, I could not believe how 80s this movie looked. And I was just like, how is that within the same kind of era those two films came out? Anyways, fascinating. Technology, man. 
I'm telling you, the 90s were a good time. So as you all know, I am in very deep with CBS All Access. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much can get rid of everything else at this point because all I watch is CBS All Access. But I want to mention something, a general point. CBS All Access keeps advertising these sitcoms that apparently are on CBS. And do you ever feel like you're in this weird Truman Show situation where you think stuff is just being created to make it look like there's a big world out there? But if you ever like tried to investigate that at all, there wouldn't be anything to it. So I'm seeing all of these previews (laughs) for shows on CBS All Access that I'm like, that can't be real. (laughs) They must just be making this so that I think that there's more to CBS. And there are so many terrible shows on CBS right now, Mm -hmm. including one with Allison Janney and Anna Faris. Mom. Mom. Okay, is that a real show? Have you watched it? No. It looks looks horrible. So bad. And they're both great. Like, what's happening there? Can they not get a job? So every every scene that they show in the previews looks like they just showed up on set and filmed it without writing. And it's like all of the most tropey, cliche jokes from every laugh track sitcom. So it'll be like, she'll walk in and be like, Mom, can I ask you a question? And Alice and Janie will be like, no. And then the audience is like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and like what is this? Like, then, like the face sitcoms on a 30 Rock. Yes. Or like the, oh. the detective who can't smell. Yes, <laughs> it looks like that. And Matt LeBlanc has one. And let me just be clear. Matt LeBlanc is like... The human version of an expired can of Surge. <laughs> like, he should not be. And so, that is and amazing. He, his show. <laughs> expired cans. His show. A bulgy one, too. You know how after a yeah. while it gets yeah. so expired, it starts bulging. Okay. Matt LeBlanc's show looks like if you gave someone a challenge to make the dumbest show possible. <laughs> and they're like, go. You have one hour. <laughs> And he's just like every preview is just like, I, I think it's like called like Man or some, Man yeah, of the House. Sure. or I think that is a show. I don't know if that's his. And every single one, he's just wearing plaid and he's like, uh, beer. And then, like, like every scene. I kind of think that maybe we need to watch one of these shows. Yeah, I think we do. I'll give you guys my password to CBS All Access. Okay. All right. Anyway, that's all I've been watching. Okay. That was good. We have gathered here today to talk about Booksmart, but neither of you watch Booksmart. So instead, we are talking about media that we have revisited as adults and had a different opinion on than we had when we were children. Okay. Eli, this was your suggested idea. And when you said that, I immediately thought, oh, The Little Mermaid. Uh Uh-huh. Because The Little Mermaid was my jam when I was a kid. Yeah. Prince Eric next to second only to Robin Hood, the fox, was my (laughs) childhood dreamboat. Actually, same. Uh, Yeah, that that tracks. Um, And The Little Mermaid, that was like such a romantic story, Uh right? Like she falls in love with Prince Eric, uh, makes this hard choice, ultimately makes the right decision, Mm -hmm. defies her father as hard as that may be. Who does not understand her. He just doesn't get it. She's 16. She's not a child. (laughs) Ends up with (laughs) Prince Eric. And I watch it now. I'm like, you're a child. What are you doing? Listen to your dad. Your dad is 100% correct in telling you to stay away (gasps) from the man whose species hunts your species. What are you doing? Seems to be a pretty good dad. (laughs) Why do you have a statue of this man in this hidden cavern? No, you are grounded for life. (laughs) 
my daughters are not allowed to watch this movie. Don't give it all up for a man. You're only 16 years old. Uh-huh. What are you doing? Also, legs are overrated. Mine hurt all the time. Absolutely. Once you turn 30, you don't want them anymore. Also, if we're going to get, like, you know, feminist woke, giving up your voice so a man <laughs> falls in love with you, not a good look, Disney. Not a good look. That didn't age well. That aged but it, very poorly. As long as she's pretty, it doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> And she is pretty. I wanted to be Ariel I mean, so bad. She's marrying into money. So, yeah. I mean, she's going to be taken care of. Oh <laughs> That's gosh. true. Just the problematic story. Also, Ursula's fat. Uh, Ursula, someone tweeted, I think it was Jenny Slate that tweeted, Ursula is sexier than Ariel. Don't at me. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's true. Like she just got she has like that energy. You she's, know? Uh, she's thick with two C's. She's, she yeah, she knows what she's she Lizzo. Wants Lizzo she... should absolutely play <laughs> Ursula in the movie. And she like keeps trying to talk Disney into it and really? they keep ignoring her. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Cast Lizzo as <laughs> Ursula. This is not our hard choice. Uh, yeah, so The Little Mermaid is a little bit rough when yeah. you watch it as an adult. Yeah. I have another pick, but I want to hear your guys' choices first. I'll go. I watched uh, several years ago. I had this friend, and I referenced NeverEnding Story. Yeah. And he was like, well, I've never seen that. And I could not believe that there was a human being who hadn't seen one of the greatest films of all time, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I watched this. This is a nearly perfect film. It has this beautiful story and the cinematography is incredible. Of course, I hadn't seen it since I was like eight. And so I sat him down. Have you guys watched Never Ending Story as an adult? No. No. This is a terrible movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> for every possible reason. But I'll just give you this one nugget. Throughout the film, in case you don't remember the story, there's this kid who's reading this book, and there's, like, a monster in the book that's chasing them, and they're, like, trying to get away from this monster, defeat the monster, but it never shows the monster, explains what the monster is. And so the whole time you're like, oh, we're going to find out at some point what the monster is. He gets to the end of this film, and he finds this princess, and something happens. They, like, overcome their challenges or whatever, and they finally do the big reveal of what the monster is. And she says, the monster is lack of imagination. (laughs) (laughs) No. I was like, no. Shut it down. (laughs) I had blocked from my memory how bad this film was. Uh, and I am so embarrassed about all of the people over the years up until that point that I watched it as an adult that I had told, like, yeah, Never Ending Story is truly one of the great films. <laughs> <laughs> it's just had it. and it's also, a movie for kids, but really it's for adults. Well, and it, I, had, I had kind of the same experience watching this that I've had with a lot of movies. Edward Scissorhands was a recent example where in my mind it was a really complex plot that was like in a long movie and like very carefully laid out. But then you watch it as an adult, 45 minutes in, you're like, wait, how did we get here? Why are they fighting on top of a castle? Like, why is that character mad? Oh, it's over? Like, it was just... But when you're a kid, I guess your capacity for understanding plot is so limited that everything seems complex. Yeah, I think that's true. Anyway, Nick? Every movie with high schoolers in it. Uh (laughs) They were all 46 years old. Yeah, yeah. Did they just not find any good 17-year-old actors? Like, I don't know. I don't know why that's such a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Is it going away? Are we still doing it to the same degree that we were doing it in the 90s? I don't really watch the CW. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're all at least early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's probably a lot easier to deal with adult actors. Oh, that's. I guess the studio has to put in like different protections and stuff for child actors. They can only work so many hours yeah. and things like that. I also think that people make teen movies that are ambitious to teens in that teens watch it and they're like, oh, that's what I want to be. Yeah. And teens don't want to be themselves. They want to be mid-20s. Right. Right. So that's why a lot of mid-20s are cast as teenagers. And films that are geared toward adults that have teens in them tend to actually cast teens. Yes, yes. Like 8th grade, which Even was, younger which is a yeah. film for adults. Yes. And they actually cast 14, 13-year-olds in so it. So Booksmart is mostly early 20s, mid-20s. They look young, but they don't look yeah. how 16-year-olds actually look, which is like children. Hmm. Kirsten Dunst and Bring It On. Mm-hmm. That oh, girl yeah. was not 16 years well, old. Well, but also women, I think, are better looking a little after high school. Huh. I think they're there. You mean they look, what do you mean by that? I think that they look. Younger? No, they look like their faces are a little thinner. They don't have like the childness to them. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Filmmakers so, want to cast 20-year-olds to play high school roles. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that 20-year-olds look better than 16-year-olds mm-hmm. do hmm. all around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's not changing anytime soon, but you look back and watch and you're like, it's not what people looked like. No. Like, hmm. People had zits all over their face and they were super awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Tell us. I remember so, you telling me about this. <laughs> I watched Gilmore Girls. I'm Rory's age. Yeah. So watching Gilmore Girls while Gilmore Girls was airing, I was like, wow, Rory and I, we are on a mental wavelength you know, it's hard when the world doesn't understand you. Mm-hmm. And man, that Jess, whew, what a dreamboat. Totally yeah. see why she's into him. Uh-huh. Rewatched it as a mother 15 years later, yeah. appalled by her choices. Really? Absolutely appalled by the men she chose mm-hmm. to date. Yeah. The decisions she made in her life. She is an entitled brat, and um, I do not care for you're her. You're watching it as a mom. I'm watching it as a mom and maybe just a mature person. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's rough. Uh huh. It's rough for me to watch. Decisions didn't age well with Jess, that's for sure. And I think his whole thing about being mad at the world, it gets really old really fast. Oh, like, yeah. When you rewatch the show, you think like, oh, I have friends like that that hate everybody, but no one's like that, really. Hmm. Jess is the Timothy Chalamet character in Lady Bird, but Lady Bird <laughs> was smart enough Smarter. to point out that yep. actually that guy's the worst. Oh, yeah. And Gilmore Girls it, is like, isn't he dreamy? Hmm. Isn't he so misunderstood? Mm-hmm. He's so smart. He's a poet. And that's why he's a jerk to everybody. Uh, no, he's just a jerk. Yeah. He's just the worst. There are people who are creative who are not asses. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's possible. Yeah. So Gilmore Girls is also kind of a rough watch for me going back. So it, it's less enjoyable to watch because there is a mom in the show. I, Do you I, not just so enjoy? Watching it as a teen, mm-hmm. I was 100% Rory. Yeah. Watching it now, I'm like, oh, Lorelai is who I empathize with in but this show. Yeah. Do you enjoy less empathizing with her? So you, you don't enjoy the I show think, as much now? I don't enjoy the show as much because I think it's just getting old and oh. shows are different now. Yeah. But for the time, it was kind of revolutionary yeah. in the way that they spoke and all the pop culture references. Um, it's the Miss Maisel creators. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same fast-paced, 100 jokes a minute. Yeah. But now I'm like, I, this isn't how I watch TV anymore. And these characters are not characters that I relate to anymore. Because mm-hmm, now you're watching Alice and Janie play a mother. Yes, and, exactly. That's CBS. my jam. <laughs> 
Do you guys have any others? Yeah, I do. A Christmas Story. This is a movie that I watched, obviously, a million times as a kid, like everyone did. Like, I can't move my arms, Christmas Story. Yeah, A Christmas Story. Yeah. And as a child... I would have described this film as a movie about a kid who wants a BB gun and he has a really scary, angry dad. Mm -hmm. The dad I just thought was like this really mean man as a Mm -hmm. child. I watched this movie a couple of years ago and had this complete opposite perspective on this where I was like, oh, that's like a super good dad, especially (laughs) for that era. He's always hanging out with the family. He like clearly loves his kids and his wife. He's really sweet to his wife. He plays with his children. He's like singing in the car with them. And then at the end, he's intuitive enough to know like my kid really wants this thing, even though he won't say it. And we can have a whole conversation about whether or not he should have consulted his wife about that purchase decision. (laughs) But like this kid is not telling his parents what he wants. And the dad figures it out and like goes and does that surprise for him. And I like watched it as an adult and found it to be like this incredibly sweet story about a kid with two parents who are just like really top notch parents. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. It's kind of a similar experience to watching The Little Mermaid, where when you're a kid, it's just so hard to even see a parent's perspective that it's easy to just be like this kid wants something and the parents are in the way you know like waka waka bad parents and now it's like watching watching these movies as an adult and i'm like wow that parent did a lot more than i would ever do for my child (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah it's fascinating yeah Uh, kids movies in general i mean we tried showing my son tarzan like a week ago that came out in like 19 98 97 mm-hmm. something like that and just the overall quality my son could care less like yeah he's just like this is lame this isn't the bright toy story that i'm yeah. used to you know Tarzan so, is kind of lame it is lame yeah probably not the best choice but it's it's interesting to see that that trope of movies is just extinct and gone well so, and speaking of extinct i recently made my niece watch land before time because i found out she hadn't seen it oh, no. and i was like oh this is just a beautiful film with, I mean, this is back when they knew how to do animation, mm-hmm. and we put it on press play, and it is like a child's drawing of dinosaurs <laughs> in a really bad flip book that keeps catching. And I was just like, oh, we've gotten better at animation. How did that song go? Don't lose your way with yeah. each passing day. You've come so far. Don't throw it away. I can keep going. Yeah, I want you to. What's the chorus? (laughs) Isn't that the chorus? Oh, if we hold on together. (laughs) I learned the sign language of that and performed it in the Logan 4th of July parade. Okay, so do you know the first triathlon I ever did was like 10 years ago, and I ran by this person who had that song blasting on a loudspeaker and it got stuck in my head but I only ever seemed to know the first few lines and I don't know the rest so it just got stuck in a loop and now every time I do any race as soon as the race starts I think don't get that song stuck in your head again like it's my brain does that and then it goes in a loop in my head for the entire race do you want to hear a worse story sure one up me go go for it I'm sorry to do this and be a one-upper but uh (laughs) In seminary, we had learned the song about all the books in the Bible. I still know it. To this How does day. it? What's the tune? 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Samuel, Kings, Kings, and Chronicles, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, and Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Hadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Yeah, that one. I ran the Logan Marathon with that in my head <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. Poor thing. Yeah, it was uh, awful. Utah, <laughs> I why? Like, iPods were new, so new I didn't have one yet. <laughs> so that's what was going through my head. <laughs> you poor thing. Yeah. Yes. Feel very bad for me. This took a weird turn, but thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> it's uh, a musical podcast. It's, uh, lots of singing on this one. Yeah. Um, next week, we're hoping to talk about Rocket Man, but... Rocket Man! <laughs> I, just, I just don't know with you two. So uh, tune in next week either to hear about Rocket Man or be surprised. Yeah. Who knows? Remember, leave us a good rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. I read through some of the ratings and reviews, and they were really funny. So we love it when you leave us messages with your rating. Um, One of them said that Meg was hotter than Nick and Eli. I mean, where's the lie? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. And we will see you next week. (laughs) 